In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. It's time for Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi. Everyone has learned lessons in life during their lifetime. Some good, some bad. But from everyone, there has been something learned. And now it's time to share that knowledge. It's called Paying It Forward. Here, these lessons learned are then paid forward to you. With you, Paying It Forward too. Josephine put her professional career on hold after the birth of her first child and turned her attention to being a full-time mother. Well, three kids later, Josephine started her own company, MyMomKnowsBest.com and Glovies, but was dismayed by a lack of information that people would share to help entrepreneurs be successful. That's where Paying It Forward was born. This is Paying It Forward on Drugginet.com. And now, here's your host, Josephine Jirasi. Well, welcome to Paying It Forward this week. I hope everybody had a great productive week. It's Josephine, your host here. And today we have a really great guest. Her name is Michelle Cromer. And Michelle wrote, she's an author who wrote an amazing book called Where Am I Going? So before we introduce Michelle, I'll take a minute to do our business tip of the week. Actually, this week it's a little different. It's actually a business quote of the week. Um, Many of my listeners, if you listen to my show, um, I believe it was two weeks ago, I had a great guest, Sharon Michaels, on, and I was actually having um, talking to her last night, and I decided to invite her back for a part two of her marketing piece that she had discussed. She did such a great job. We got such great response. So I thought we'd have Sharon back on to talk about um, how to prepare before you go for a big meeting um, with retail buyers. So as I was talking to Sharon, she said something that I thought was amazing. And um, I thought I'd like to share with everybody. So here's Sharon Michaels' quote. It is the toughest thing you will ever do in your lifetime is believing in yourself when no one else does. The success or failure in you will be your belief. So... I thought that was really, really great. You might have to think about that one a little. But, um, okay, with that, um, let's bring Michelle on the air. Um, I'll just tell you a little bit about Michelle. You know, Michelle grew up in Texas. She did the whole corporate scene as she was also probably juggling a lot of balls, being a wife, a mom. And she decided that wasn't for her. She has an amazing story. And, Michelle, I can't wait to hear about Pink Crosses. But um, (laughs) with that, tell us a little more about your background, Michelle. Thanks for coming and being a part of Paying It Forward today. Well, Josephine, thanks so much for having me. And I so appreciate your show. And I'm so delighted and honored to be a guest on such an important radio show. And I'm just glad for the source, quite honestly. And I, I, like you, kind of woke up one day in my corporate world. I was a partner of a very large advertising agency and decided that I needed to go in another direction. After I had a personal tragedy, I had a daughter that died. And that just sort of put me on a, a different path. And I had never written really a grocery store list. And sometimes <laughs> skill set sets just show up 
when you need them. And my first book happened to be a bestseller. So I just started writing full time. Oh, that's amazing. You know, I think, Michelle, when did you write the first book? It was... I, the oh. first book came out in October of 2006, and Penguin uh, published it under the umbrella of Tarcher. So I actually worked most of 2005 traveling around the country interviewing people and services because in my advertising world, I was a baby boomer trending expert. What are the next big thing the boomers are going to do? So mm-hmm. I thought that since the boomers had changed the way that we really market products, consume products, even the baby industry, how we have babies, we move that man from the waiting room into the delivery room and so forth. And I thought, well, the boomers are really going to change the death industry as well. So I kind of got a quirky idea to go and search and find crazy things, creative things, boomers are doing with their ashes. And boy, did I find some oh, interesting gosh. things. You can, I don't know, Josephine, if you knew this, but you can get shot into space. You can get blown into glass. And my husband, who's alive and well, thank goodness, is going to be turned into a diamond link bracelet one day because you can get 52 diamonds out of one person. But the bottom line is it's really I thinking about the global it. village that we share and not wanting to ruin our natural resources by putting them in the ground. Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing, and it obviously became a bestseller, so that's incredible. And the fact that you knew, you utilized your background to gather the information is so, so important, and you knew your market, so I think... Exactly, and I think, Josephine, your listeners certainly would appreciate this as as you have done, as I have done. You have skill sets, and when you show up, In any business meeting or if you show up at school and you're going to volunteer, you show up with all your experiences behind you and your skill sets intact. And like you and like me and many of your listeners, we've taken that skill set and we've just redirected it and refocused it in a different way that can actually help people. And that's why we're here. We're here to serve, in my opinion. Yeah, I think that's wonderful. It's funny. Um, a lot comes to my mind when you were saying that. My daughter is now going to become, um, what do they call it, a daisy, which mm. they didn't have daisies when I was a Girl Scout, Michelle. <laughs> they started at brownies. Right, me so, too. Yeah, so my daughter always talked about, you know, always knew I was a brownie, and one day she turns to me, she goes, Mom, I really can't wait to become a cupcake. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, that is a classic, but actually she became a daisy. And when I went to the meeting, it was funny because they, the troop leaders had a meeting for all of the moms to come together and they literally went around the class, uh, around the room, it was in the library, and they asked every mom to describe what kind of skills they had Mm -hmm. that they could bring to the meetings so that they can share something with the kids. Mm -hmm. And it's funny how a lot of things in life, we do have a lot of skills, and sometimes you really just, like, I just remember some of those moms were like, well, I'm not really sure what I have to bring to the table here. And you know, as well as I do, Michelle, that everybody has something to contribute. Oh, wow. You just, one of the best pieces um, of your book that I thought was great was how you said a lot of times you just have to sit in a quiet room and become still. Right. And really listen to yourself and figure out who you are and what you have to offer. 
Right, and, and we live in such a noisy, busy world. We can't even go to the market and, and put our phone down or we're texting or, or what have you. And so I made it one of my spiritual disciplines every day to sit in silence. I also meditate and pray and exercise, moving that energy around. But it is so critically important that we quiet our mind and be still so that we can hear that inner voice inside of us that can give us the direction or the purpose that we have that we need for our life. And I think that's so true in business too, Michelle, because lots of times when we're running our businesses, you know, we're dealing with sales, we're dealing with marketing, we're dealing with advertising, we're dealing with so many different aspects of the business, but it really is super important to just sit down Mm -hmm. and pull it all together and close that door with no interruptions. And once again, like you said, come into that silence so that you can really make sure that all of the moves you're making are going in the right direction. Absolutely. Five minutes a day will change your life, I guarantee it. Yeah. Okay, so five minutes, that's all it really, really takes, Michelle? Well, I think five minutes of silence. I I do a meditation in the first 30 minutes that I get up every morning. I get up at 4.30 so that I can, you know, I have children, and so I want to make sure that I get all of my work done before they get home from school. So I started waking up at 4.30. I have a, I'm a freshman at the University of Southern California, and I started that 18 years ago. So oh, wow. if you can just, and I know you think, oh, my goodness, 4.30, but if you just do it for, get, get in the habit for six months, the morning is such an important time of the day because it's quiet. You can get so many things accomplished. You can sit in silence. You can meditate. You can exercise. And you really start your day out accomplishing more than most people do in an entire day. So it's just a scheduling process and a commitment. And that's a commitment to yourself because if you can just commit to meditation, and we know, Josephine, that meditation can lower our blood pressure, and we even know that it's connected to warding off Alzheimer's. And there's just so many wonderful health benefits about it. But the most important thing is it just actually makes you stop and and, and have that silence. But if you can just do five minutes a day, then just do five minutes. Just start anywhere. Yeah, I think you're so right. And I did mention it um, on my show just a couple of weeks ago. I was talking to Jill, the producer, and um, a lot of times in I actually enjoy getting up at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning sometimes. Sometimes I fall asleep with my kids, which is terrible. I hate doing that, but sometimes it just happens. Mm-hmm. And if I go to bed at 7.30 at night... By 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, I've had my rest. I'm ready to go. And I agree, Michelle, it's my favorite time of the day. My head is clear. Mm -hmm. I don't have any, you know, children saying, Mommy, I'm hungry, I'm thirsty, Mm -hmm. interrupting. And... I think you're right. I get so much more done. and um, But I'd like to try the meditate, meditation. I do think that that would be, you know, really great. And, and we also know that if you just meditate 20 minutes a day, you don't need as much sleep. And if any listener has thought, well, I really want to, I don't really know even where to begin, all you have to do is remember it's breathing in and breathing out. The first thing we do in life is breathe in, and the last thing we do in life is exhale. So breathing is an incredibly important part of our life, obviously. So all you have to do is get in a place that's quiet. You don't need incense. You don't need music. Just get in a quiet place and breathe in and breathe out. And and as you're breathing in, breathe in a word like so, S-O, and breathe out hum, H-U-M, because your brain doesn't associate that with any picture. For example, if you breathed in 
rows, your mind associates rows, and you're thinking of rows. So first thing that's going to happen when you meditate is you think, oh, my goodness, I've got to get to my meeting. Oh, my goodness, I've got to pick up the cleaning. Oh, my goodness, my kids need this or that. So you just don't fight the thought. Stay in the flow. Re- acknowledge the thought. Release the thought. Go back to your breath. It's that simple. Oh, gosh, that's great. And, Michelle, I know I'm going to have a lot of listeners trying that. And what I like about it is that they can even do it at work, and nobody even knows that they're really doing it. Exactly. And if they, exactly. Yeah. And just seeing what I do on airplanes, and as you know, I have a plane to catch later today, later this morning, I close my eyes, and people think that I am sleeping. So I do my meditation on the airplane, but certainly at work, close that office door, or if you don't have an office door, go outside. Yeah, I think that's even better to walk around and get some fresh air if you can. Not everybody can. But all right, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Michelle Cromer. Thanks, everyone. We'll be right back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi right after these on toginet.com. Renowned and gifted psychic medium, Sylvia Rossi, explores the mysteries of this life, the afterlife, and the unseen world that surrounds us all in the show called Make Contact with Sylvia Rossi, Wednesdays at 2, 1 p.m. Central here on Togginet. Sylvia Rossi with her special guests and other fellow psychics invite you to call in and make contact with the world beyond and get answers to your questions. Psychic medium Sylvia Rossi has been sharing her gift professionally for the last 17 years. Sylvia has made it her mission to help individuals and families understand their eternal connection to loved ones that have passed on, bringing relief and comfort to countless souls who have been touched by her gift. She's had the privilege of meeting and working with many psychologists who continue to recommend their clients to her when conventional methods have failed. Now it's your turn to make contact with host and psychic medium Sylvia Rossi. Wednesdays at 2, 1 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Parents, if you feel overloaded, overworked, underappreciated, and seriously stressed out, The Parents Plate is here to help you. The Parents Plate with Brenda Nixon. Tuesday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on Toginet. It's time to build stronger families through parent empowerment. And that's what The Parents Plate does. The Parents Plate understands the busyness of life and balancing child rearing and other commitments. Brenda Nixon will be talking to noted experts and authors on all issues, from teething to teen driving. Brenda Nixon is a nationally recognized speaker to parents and child care professionals and author of the award-winning The Birth to Five book. From Fox 4 in Kansas City to schools and synagogues to businesses to bookstores, conferences to churches, audiences rave that Brenda engages, educates, and encourages. For more information on Brenda and her books, check out her website, brendanixon.com. The Parents Plate is loaded with information and affirmation. The Parents Plate with Brenda Nixon. Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi on toginet.com. Welcome back, everyone. It's Josephine here, and we have Michelle Cromer on the line. So, Michelle, I am very interested in knowing about the foundation that you had started, Pink Crosses. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yes. Thank you for asking about that. It's so close to my heart. In my book, Where Am I Going?, I describe what I think is the seven stages we all go through in life, the wake-up call, denying the wake-up call, searching for spiritual meaning, 
and then and then the dark night of the soul surrender the clarity moment and the last stage being finding a way to serve something other than yourself the planet animals somehow some way people that doesn't matter and so through just a series of meaningful coincidences i started a foundation in ciudad juarez now i live in texas right on the border of mexico and new mexico so as i look in my office I'm looking actually in Mexico. It's that close. And over the last 10 years, there has been over 600 women that have been brutally murdered between the ages of 12 and 24. And many of these girls were simply walking to work because they have to go to work in the maquiladoras, which means um, it's a factory that many American products are assembled in and they're brought over to the United States. Like, you know, cars or, you know, equipment and things like that. So these young girls are so poor, they go to work at the age of 12 and they make 50 cents a day. So in Mexico, it's a very class-conscious society, and if you don't have money, then you don't have power, and especially women don't have power. So these girls, for example, one girl was walking to work with her father, who dropped her off, there was a shift change, and the little girl, of course, couldn't call. There was no phone in the barrio, the neighborhood where she lived. So she mm-hmm. started to walk home, and she was kidnapped. And unfortunately, oh. Josephine, these, these girls were not just murdered. They're, it's horrible, horrible. So I started oh. a foundation because I've lost a daughter. I know what it feels like to lose a child. And mm-hmm. these people that have no comfort or closure because they really don't know what happened to their daughters. And so when these people were finished with the girls and after they had murdered them, they would throw them out of the car windows like trash. And in the barrios, what they would do is they would construct a wooden cross and they would paint it pink. And so my foundation is called Pink Crosses. And Frank Bender, a famous forensic artist in Philadelphia, came down and actually sculpted with his God-given talent faces on these skulls to try to see if we could come up with a face and identification. So Arnie Spencer from New York came down and took photographs. We circulated this through the Walmart flyers throughout Mexico. And at the time, this was just a couple of years ago, DNA evidence wasn't even introduced in Mexico. So we circulated the photographs, and we actually got people that came forward and said, I think that might be my daughter. And we encouraged them to go to the federal building where they took the DNA, and we had some positive identification. Oh, my gosh. And the second stage of the foundation is I am actually educating the sisters of the victims because until the women are educated, there is no chance that Mexico is going to change, in my opinion. So I had Jessica, the first girl whose sister was murdered, graduated with an accounting degree from the University of Juarez just last May. So I'm oh very, my gosh. very proud of this. Michelle, this is, I'm getting all choked up. This is such a nice, nice cause. I mean, it is so moving. And, you know, I guess when you go through something so tragic in life like you had, I had an unfortunate loss earlier in my life also. And it's, I know we feel the same way. It's mm-hmm. almost like as devastated and as sad as it is for us, it's almost like we want to help other people out there. Exactly. So that almost to the point, Michelle, I always felt that my heart hurts so much that if I could help somebody else's heart 
hurt just a little less that I was going to do everything I could to help them. And it's precisely what you did, too. And it's such a moving, moving situation. Well, thank you. And unfortunately, the murders continue. And uh, my foundation is not about solving the murders. It's about helping the people. And I want to encourage your listeners, you don't have to go out and start a, a foundation like I did. Serving can happen in the most quiet of the moment. It could be as simple as being at a department store and knowing that person that's helping you is having a really bad day and lifting them up through a simple compliment. That is serving. Serving doesn't cost anything. It doesn't, it just requires your thought and being present in the moment to be able to capture an opportunity to help somebody else. And that is simply it. That's serving. And we can also serve our children. One thing that I do and maybe you do this too, Josephine, but in my life, I have two boys, and it's very important to me that they grow up with an attitude of community and service. And so every day when we gather for our family meal, Monday through Thursday, we go around the table and we say who we served that day. Even my husband, he's an orthopedic surgeon, he talks about who he served, and it can't be a patient because he serves every day. He has to go outside his comfort zone. And so what you do with that is you instill in your children, in their DNA, service. And so what, what I have found is my boys go out and try to find an opportunity to serve. And now that August, my freshman at USC, he's actually already started a foundation of his own that's wow. helping the community around USC. So... Th- and this is, and, he, and he's also minoring in screenwriting and majoring in neuro. He wants to study the brain. So it doesn't matter what you do in your life. Your, your opportunity to serve is in every moment. Yeah, I think that's such a great point. And you know who else also around the dinner table would ask their children, what did you do to serve your country? It was the or your community, it was the Kennedys. Mm-hmm. Do you know, Michelle, mm-hmm. you know, they did so much, and they still do so much for the community. Right. That I know, I believe it was Rose Kennedy that used to go around the table, and she would ask every child, you know, what did you do today to help? Right. And, now that's, I didn't know that. That's wonderful. Yeah, I, I, I remember was, reading that a long time ago. So I, I went to a uh, Colin Powell <laughs> dinner years ago, maybe before I even had children, and he was saying something about service, and it stuck with me, because in my life, my parents, at the end of every year, we had to give up our favorite toy, and they would donate that with other, you know, items that they had purchased, you know, to families that weren't as fortunate as we were, and what that taught us was, don't get too attached to something. Everything is you know, it, it can come and it can go. And the most important things in your life are your relationships with the people that you love. And oh, so wow. we can do that with our children. We show them through our service. We show them through our commitment and our example. So I think yeah. that's really I think really that's important. wonderful. I, um, and I'm sure as a child, it really is probably one of the most difficult things to give up a favorite toy. Um, But I love the life lesson that was passed along because how many, you know, look at all the years later, you remembered it and it makes you a stronger person. Right. And when I had 70 employees, I made sure that each employee could take a day or an afternoon off a month to go 
serve, and they had to pick their charity, and we, you know, many times, many, you know, there were several people in the same charity, and they would just decide, you know, who was going to work what, but to really allow your employees to get involved with the community is so important, not just to your business, but to allow your employees to know that your heart is in the right place and that you do want to serve and that you do want to help. I love that idea because you know what, Michelle, even as business owners, as we start to hire people to come to be a part of our business, you know, there's a certain, I don't know how to say this, but it just kind of weeds people out. Mm -hmm. Those who really want to give back. Because those who want to give back, I, in my opinion, a lot of times are really hard workers because their heart is really in the right place. So when they come to work and they want to work for you, they're going to give 100% because they want to do the right thing. So I think it creates this whole positive win-win situation for everybody. Right. And you develop a corporate culture that is based on service. And like you said, Josephine, if somebody doesn't come to you and they have that kind of heart, well, then there are other people out there that do and they want to work and they're they're a match to your, to your corporate culture. organization. Yeah, right. that's a great, great point. So tell me, Michelle, so how did you come um, up with the idea to, of your book? How did, how, um, where am I going? I'm sorry. Well, I'm what, happened, what happened with where am I going is I have a strong background in spirituality my um, my one of my studies in college was comparative religion. I am married to a man who is Jewish, and I have a son who's Buddhist. And so it's you know it's the United Nations of spirituality at my house. And so um, so we embrace all activities. We all think it's one God. So however you decide to right. work that one God is fine with me and us, and it doesn't matter. So that's. That's my background. And so when, when Catalina died, when my daughter died, I really had to circle around and ask myself some really deep questions like, what, what is this about? What, what is life for? And is this it? And where am I going? And what does this mean? And all of those things that many of your listeners have asked themselves. And so unbeknownst to me at the time, I started on a journey. And in the middle of the journey, I realized, oh, my goodness, I think other people might be thinking the Mm -hmm. same thing, and I started to write the book, because the first thing that happens to us, I think, is that wake-up call, and we Mm -hmm. all get it, and it could be as simple as um, you get diabetes, and it's not going to kill you, but you're thinking, oh my goodness, what's what's going on? Everybody has a wake-up call, and every wake-up call is as different as every person on the planet, and sometimes it's that lack of Hollywood drama that makes us miss it the first time, and Hmm. human tendency is to deny what happened? That's the next stage. Oh, I didn't mean anything. My parents died. I'm going to get over it. I've got through this divorce. I'm fine. And you don't really embrace your fears, which is what we all need to do. And then I, I almost made searching for a deeper spiritual meaning my third stage of career. I went to Tibet, Chichen Itza, Peru, everywhere and anywhere you can imagine, and talked to many people, shamans, priests, rabbis, different belief systems, and it was a single act of compassion by a Tibetan woman in the Jokon Temple in Lhasa that made me realize the answers are not outside us, they're within us. Oh, wow. That is such a moving, moving story. Yeah. It, so, Tibet is such a wonderful place, or it used to be. It sounds wonderful. So tell us, Michelle, so tell us more about the book. So then I, I think that we all go into 
the most horrific time in our life, which is the dark night of the oh, soul. Gosh, should we, look at should that. we go to break? We have to go to break, okay. Michelle. Sorry about that. No we'll problem. be back shortly. Thanks, Sabella. Okay. We'll be right back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi right after these on Toginet.com. Lindale Link with host Holly Rand comes Mondays at 10 a.m. Central on Toginet.com. Linda Link is Lindell's first and only internet radio broadcast. Holly, tell us about it. It's really something from my heart that I want to be teamwork um, for the entire community to get the word out about everything that's going on here. We're talking to the entire community of Lindell. This is not limited to just businesses or just parents or just teachers. Simply to get the word out about your cause or your company, you must go to where the people are. And today, people are on the internet. Lindale Link. Lindale, Texas is a growing chain of business, education, commerce, community. Together, Lindale Link can create one strong chain of communication. Check out LindaleLink.com and then check out Lindale Link, the radio show. Lindale Link with host Holly Rand. Mondays at 10 a.m. Central on toginet.com. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 Central on toginet.com. Marla believes that with the right mindset, anything is possible. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka inspires you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the Million Dollar Mindset. Marla will inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power. Tune into the Million Dollar Mindset for heartwarming stories with Marla Tabaka. Learn tips and tricks to building a successful business and unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. For more information on the Million Dollar Mindset, go to our website, MarlaTabaka.com. That's M-A-R-L-A-T-A-B-A-K-A.com. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward. With Josephine Girasi on toginet.com. Well, welcome back, everyone. I have Michelle Cromer, the author of Where Am I Going, on on um, our show today. So, Michelle, you were just talking about stage four. Can, can yes. you tell us? Yeah, take it from there. Well, this, the next stage I think we all go through is what I titled The Dark Night of the Soul after the great Christian Catholic mystic St. John on the Cross. And it's a time in your life where you feel totally abandoned. It's devastating. You feel like there is no way you're ever going to get out of the problems that you're in. There's, and it's just an absolute horrific time, and it's in this stage that I developed my spiritual disciplines that we discussed earlier, meditation, prayer, exercise, and sitting in silence. Because you have to figure out a way to make it through this chaos. And our society teaches us to run from the chaos when, in fact, I think we lean in towards it face it head on, and determine how we can survive inside of it, and that is through our spiritual disciplines. Then the next stage I think we go through is we surrender our ego, because you have to know at some point in your life we're not in control, and our ego (laughs) so wants us to, you know, have this 
elusive control. So you surrender your ego, and then you go into a clarity moment, and then finally the where am I going stage is figuring out a way to serve. So I have the wake-up call, and then denying the wake-up call, searching for spiritual meaning, um, the dark night of the soul, surrender, the clarity moment, and where am I going? Yeah, this is great. And I want all of, you know, the listeners to know this is such a great, great book, Michelle. It's an easy read. It goes very, very quickly. And all of the stages that Michelle just went through are all outlined in her book. And she's got such amazing stories. But can you just expand a little on the orphanage story for us, Michelle? Yes, I wanted to discuss this because I think it's really important that when we decide that we're going to serve and we do engage in some sort of organization, I'll give you an example. There's an orphanage that I support in Ciudad Juarez. With all of the drug cartels murders, there's so many orphans now left behind that we're really trying to gather together funds and everything to help orphanages. And so I didn't know exactly what to do, so I thought, well, every child needs clothes. So I rounded up friends and associates and business people, and everybody got together. We went and donated all these clothes, and I saw that the headmaster of the orphanage was kind of looking at me, you know, sort of, you know, in a dismayed sort of look. So I went up to her and I said, we've got, you know, all these clothes for you, but I never asked you, what do you need? Wow. And she And she started crying, and she said, what I really need is $60 a week because I have all these girl orphans and I have to sleep in front of the door at night so that no one comes in to harm them. And I haven't been able to sleep with my husband in two years. But if I could hire somebody that could do this for me, then I could sleep in a bed and sleep with my husband. <laughs> and oh, my so, gosh. Of course, just the people that were there with me in that moment we gathered enough money for her to have a year-long you know, uh, opportunity right. to hire somebody. And so oftentimes we, we want to help, and we're so zealous in our efforts, but we really need to stop and ask, what do you need? And I, I think that's such an important part of serving. Hmm. Wow. That is super, super powerful. Yeah. <laughs> okay, lesson learned there. So now... I have another question for you. Um, travel is as big a part of your memoir as spirituality is. Right. How did you end up living in El Paso, and what matters most to you when you think of home? Well, I uh, was born and raised in Austin, Texas, which is uh, the capital of Texas, but I lived in New York and was doing a finance fellowship at NYU and working on Wall Street in the 80s. And I just was very disgruntled with the industry, and I knew that that's not what I wanted to do with my life. And so I couldn't find uh, – I didn't want to work in finance anymore, and so I used to sing in a band in Austin in the 70s, and who didn't? So oh, that's I, so funny. <laughs> yeah. Michelle, so what thought, a background you have. <laughs> that's so funny. So I, I know. So I thought, well, maybe someone, an advertising agency, will hire me to do jingles. And so I got an interview in this – place called El Paso, Texas, I had never been to. It's about a million people, actually. And so I, I had never even heard of it, and I'm from Texas. And I landed here and thought I was on the moon, but I got the job not to write jingles, but on you know the account side because of my business background. And 
I fell in love with the Southwest and the Mexican culture, and I lived in the barrio so I could learn to speak Spanish, and I absolutely love El Paso, Texas. And so in my work at the, at the advertising agency where I later became a partner, we were apparel specialists, and so I was actually back in New York in business in Miami and Seattle and all over, so I was living in El Paso but traveling a great deal. So travel has always been a part of my life. And as a child, my parents uh, traveled also because my father said, you really learn so much when you travel and you see other cultures and it makes you appreciate what you have and so forth. So in my book, you're right, Josephine, I do travel a great deal. I don't want your listeners to think that's a part of the spiritual journey necessarily, but I had to unplug from my busy life and trade in my first-class luxury for third-class clarity because when you're in places like, Kathmandu and India and Tibet, this is not a glam trip. This is not going to Rome and drinking great wine. This is, you know, this is really unplugging from your comforts. And it's so many times when we get out of our comfort zone that we learn the most about ourselves, which was my case specifically in Tibet. And I want your listeners to know this because this is such a travesty that's happening in Tibet when I went in 2006 for that summer, I was there almost a month, I wanted to go before the Chinese government built the railroad, which would bring in 700,000 Chinese tourists and really dilute the culture. And thank goodness I did. I had a wonderful experience, and there, the people were amazing and peaceful, and it was just terrific. A, a, a typical trip, because at one point you're at 18,000 feet, and it's hard to get to. But I went back this last summer and spent another month there, and... It is absolutely, completely different. The Chinese government has almost extinguished the culture. No one knows oh. that they've, I know, they've rounded up 5,000 Tibetans and murdered them, and no one hears oh. about this. And Lhasa has turned in from about the size of Santa Fe, New Mexico, to the size of Phoenix, Arizona, complete with car dealerships. And there's actually like, you know, in Times Square, they have the big Trump, you know, they have one of those right by the Hotel of Palace. Oh, and Wow. It is such a travesty, and um, and I am just I'm just sick that that culture has almost their light has almost gone out, and that's just so unfortunate. And if anyone is wondering how to serve, you can go to many websites that can help the Tibetan people try to save their their not just their religion but their whole way of life and and their culture. Like FreeTibet.org is a great organization. Okay, so that that's great. Um, but when, so but we have so much to talk about. I, I feel like I don't know. You know, I can't believe how involved you really are with helping. How every single day, I feel like you just pay it forward. So, I think this is really, really great. I love one of your quotes here. So I asked you, "How did you get to El Paso?" And one of your quotes here says, "Home is wherever I happen to be, and wherever my husband and children are." How sweet is that, Michelle? Yeah, well, that and that's the truth. Because isn't home just a structure? It's a home. It can be burned down. It can be moved. It can, you know, home should be, you carry it with you. And I had a friend who also had a son that went to college and she said, well, my son's never coming home. He, you know, he left. And I, and I turned to her and I said, what are you talking about? Everywhere you go, you bring home to him. When you visit him, you, Christmas is wherever Christmas is, it's home because you're there. 
And I think if we just show up in our, just show up in our kids' lives, just show up, that's, that's home. And that's, I, I, it's not about a structure or a place. It's about an attitude. Yeah, I think that's so, so smart. It's just, I can remember watching Oprah one day and she had said, you know, there are a lot of stay-at-home moms that aren't really home. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to what you were just saying, that just really be there. Don't just mm-hmm. physically be there. Really be there for your family. And um, I, I know that the kids really... Um, they know when you're really there, and they know when you're distracted. So, I- and that's one thing. That's one thing that meditation does too. It really helps you to be present with the person that you're speaking to, and that's really also paying it forward. You, when you can show up at work and be present with that employee or that boss or that client, or be present with your child. Look at them in the face. Give them your full attention. It doesn't matter what you're doing. If you need to pull over on the side of the road to hear what they're saying, that is the most important thing, and it also builds that self-esteem that our children so desperately need. That's our responsibility as parents to instill that in them and a good work ethic, I think, also, and teaching them how to serve. Yeah, I think those are great, great points. So in your book, Michelle, you refer to the age of meaning, and that's been right in the beginning of the book. Can you tell us what is that? Well, I think we are entering a time in our life where we continue to ask these, you know, deep questions. And it's a time when you wake up and you ask these deep spiritual questions that propel you to discover who you were born to be, which actually leads you to an understanding of your life's deeper purpose. And that's where we are right now. Our country is in chaos. Never, ever at a time in our history have these many pillars of society been on such soft ground, and some are even crumbling. It is just crazy out there. And so sure. what, we can, what we can do ourselves is to find our center, to ask ourselves these questions, to search for our meaningful answers, to figure out what our life is about. And I can tell you, every single listener that is listening right now, no matter what you do for a vocation, your life is about service, serving. It doesn't matter what you do. And in the West, we all try to make our life purpose a vocation, when in fact, that may be what you do for a living to earn your income that supports your lifestyle, but we're here to serve. When you, when you cross over, when you die, what is your legacy? Your legacy is not showing up and, you know, being your accountant from 8 to 5. It's the people you love and who you helped, and that is why we're here. And so that's what I think the age of meaning is all about. We're in it right now, some of us more than others. But in this time of chaos and crisis, it, the only way that we as a society are going to get through it is to each evaluate our own lives and our yeah. own family and figure I it think, out. I think you're so right about that. Michelle, it's so funny because I just had a conversation with another local mom yesterday about this. And I, she looked at me, she said, I don't know if this is midlife crisis, but I'm trying to figure out where am I going? And it's so <laughs> funny that I should have you here today. But okay, everyone, we're going to take another quick break and we'll be back shortly with that last segment of Paying It Forward. Thanks, everyone. With Josephine Girasi, right after these on Toginet.com. Get ready for Officer Radio. Every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern, only on Officer.com. 
It's powered by the worldwide resources of Officer.com and hosted by Editor-in-Chief of Officer.com and 30-year law enforcement veteran Frank Borelli. Officer.com is your source for the latest news, trends, and issues facing the law enforcement community, which change almost daily. New regulations, new things to know about that affect all in law enforcement. Join us each week as Officer Borelli and his guests examine, dissect, and discuss the issues facing our industry. Call in live and join the conversation to get your voice heard. For more law enforcement news and more about the show, go to officer.com. You can even find us on Facebook and Twitter. Then join us live every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. Eastern, only on officer.com. Have you been laid off? Fired, downsized, right-sized, or re-engineered out of a job? Are you unemployed or anticipate that possibility? Then tune in for Successfully Unemployed, hosted by Alan Sherwood, MBA, president of Sherwood Consulting Service. Successfully Unemployed will provide you a hope-filled and comprehensive approach to the job search process from an author who's experienced it all. Alan and his guests will cover all dimensions of a job search, physical tasks, mental attitude, emotional health, even one spiritual perspective, all must be integrated in order for a person to be successfully unemployed so they can then be successfully employed. This show is designed to help you move forward from job loss to finding or creating more fulfilling work. For more on Alan Sherwood, MBA, and the show, check out his website, SuccessfullyUnemployed.com. Then join us for Successfully Unemployed with Alan Sherwood, MBA. Thursday nights at 8, 7 central here on toginet.com. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Jurassi on toginet.com. Welcome back, everyone. It's Josephine here. We have Michelle Croma, the author of Where Am I Going? So, Michelle, before I get started with our last segment and with our great business tips, I would love for you to tell my listeners how they can get a hold of you and your books. Absolutely. You can purchase my book anywhere books are sold, or you can go on Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com. And if you go to my website, which is MichelleCromer.com, C-R-O-M-E-R.com, I will act and buy my, and my book, this book or any book off of there. I'll autograph it for you and mail it. And if you do that, I actually donate money from the sale of that book to my charity. Oh, great. That sounds wonderful. All right. Thanks for doing that, Michelle. So um, before we move on to our wonderful business tips, is there anything else you would like to wrap up about your book, Michelle? No, I just want to encourage people, if, if there is uh, something that you're facing in your life, know that you're not alone. And if there's anything that my book can do, Where Am I Going? Moving from Religious Tour to Spiritual Explorer, pick it up. Or you might be moved to, to search out other things, but just look for your own answers and search for that. And I know that you're going to be able to discover what is going to help you get past whatever, you're, whatever you might be in the middle of at this moment. Oh, you're such an inspiration, Michelle, and I know you're helping a lot of people out there. So thanks for sharing that with us. Absolutely. So, 
So, okay, (laughs) this is our last um, segment of the show. And what we do is, um, of course, my listeners are always waiting for the last segment because they love to hear about our five, the very best business tips we can share with them. And Michelle, I know you have some incredible stuff here. So um, let's talk about your first tip. You can't do everything. You have to have a good team, even if they are virtual. So tell us about that. Well, what I discovered when I stepped out of my, you know, very large office with a lot of employees, that I needed an assistant that not necessarily was a personal assistant. And I went through and discovered that there are actually virtual assistants. My virtual assistant sits in San Diego, California every day, but she handles my email blast or any technical things with my website or if I need research done for a project. And so these people don't need to be in your town. Your team just needs to be, you know, because everything is virtual now anyway. It doesn't matter where they are. So don't be limited by where your office is or where your home is. You can reach out to other people. Oh, great. I think that that is so important. And you gave some good examples of what a virtual assistant can do. And, you know, Michelle, one of the best things is the research. Because as entrepreneurs, a lot of us, our time is always so limited. And, you know, I said this on my show a couple of weeks ago. Even if you have to purchase a product, let's say your printer goes and you have to um, run out and replace your printer pretty quickly. It's great to have a virtual assistant take on that job of going online. They can research three printers online, get, or they could research a printer online and get three different quotes and lead you in the right direction as to where to buy that printer. So I love that. That's a great business tip. So hire virtual assistant as um, as quickly as you can, huh, Michelle? Right, 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 right. <laughs> I think that's important. Okay, business tip number two. No matter what business or service you sell, you are in the promotion business. You must learn to promote yourself, your product, and or your service. So important. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, for example, I have a plane to catch later this morning. I do not get on a plane unless I have a book in my briefcase because I, before I come home this evening for my trip, I will have given that book away to someone that needs it or is talking about, you know, there, there's always an opportunity to promote yourself. Have a business card. No matter what you do, even if you are a mom, you've taken time out and that's what you're doing in your life, give yourself a business card. You're always promoting yourself, your service, your business all the time. So make sure that that is something. And even if you're not in marketing or advertising, it doesn't matter. You're promoting your business. Oh, great. So I love that idea. So you bring your book, any one of the three books I'm sure that you've written, and you always have a copy with you. Absolutely. I think that's so smart. So, okay, that's great. So let's move on to tip number three. Tell us a little bit about your simple business model that you call fame. Right. So you, uh, you focus and, you, you know, you, everyone needs to focus. Everyone, everyone, everyone needs to focus. And that's a, a really important part. And then 
um, the A. Um, could you just go ahead and read that yeah, for everyone? Yeah, okay, sure. So mm-hmm. it's focus, so have a plan, I'm sure. Right. Then right. Um, you have your audience, determine right. your audience, and we talked about that, that that is so important to know right. who your audience is, who your target market is. M is for model that works, and E is for execute. Right, and that's, it's just that simple. And I think that if you could just keep that, put that on your business wall and just follow that every day, that's just a really simple way to focus in on those key factors. Okay, so that's great. So we plan, we figure out who our audience is, we figure mm-hmm. out the model that works for each one of us, and of course mm-hmm. the most important is probably the execution. It's great right. to have the plan. If you don't execute, I guess we're not getting anywhere. <laughs> right, and, and then the model, whatever you're doing, somebody else has done it before you, I'm pretty sure. So don't reinvent the wheel. Figure out who's done it, how they've done it, if they've successfully done it, and then sort of encapsulate that and incorporate that into, into what you're doing. And so, so many times we try to make things harder than it needs to be. And executing is the last and most important part. Just do it. Again, yeah. just show up. Just do it. Yeah. Okay, great. So tip number four, if you aren't utilizing social media, do it. Twitter, Facebook, Google AdWords, etc. So exactly. important. <laughs> exactly. I am 50 years old now, and it has taken me, you know, a long time to embrace this new paradigm shift, but I have totally embraced it. And as you were discussing the printer, you can go on Facebook, your Facebook friends, and ask them what printer. And that's, what, okay. that's where we're headed towards. I mean, everything is going to be about that, that way of business. So just Learn as much as you can about it, and then you'll realize, gosh, this is really not that hard. And I can Twitter, you know, a couple times a day about a lot of things. It's just getting in the habit and even almost scheduling that in your day. Oh, yeah. You know, Michelle, we've had lots of guests here um, that were social media experts. And I have to tell you, about six months ago, I knew how important it was, but it's only now that I realize the real true magnitude of social media. It is so, so powerful that you just have to really, in my opinion, you have to relax, be yourself, and have conversations with people. And that's how you get people to communicate communicate and respond back to all of your tweets. And it's just, um, it's so important. I'm getting ready to go meet with a huge retailer in just a couple of weeks. And I just know that the first thing they're going to do when I walk out of their office, they're probably going to go to Twitter and type in the search Glovies to see who's following me and what they're saying. So it's super, super important nowadays to make sure that we get involved with social media. And honest to God, it's not as scary as it seems. Michelle, I don't know about you, but it did seem very, very overwhelming at first. And I I think the most important thing to do is to just pick, pick one, whether it be Facebook, whether it be Twitter, whether it be LinkedIn, pick one, get started with that, get comfortable with that, and then move on to another. I think that's that's just my opinion. That's what works Absolutely. for me. Absolutely. Just do Facebook first or just do Twitter, and then, then you can get into your blogs and just start a conversation. And whatever your product or service might be, find bloggers that are blogging about it and join the conversation. Not, you, know, you don't have to you know, stuff your product or service down their throat, but just join their conversation. 
There are bloggers out there right now that are so influential in making a product successful or not. It is mind-boggling to me the power that some of these bloggers have. You're so right. And, Michelle, most a lot of them are mommy bloggers. And right. um, it's scary when you... When your question, if a new product comes out on the market, you just go, you Google it, all of a sudden you see the mom bloggers talking about it. And it is known fact that a lot of people will buy that product based on product reviews from other, from other moms. So super powerful. So, okay, tip number five, whatever it is you do, figure out a way to serve humans, animals, the planet. You can incorporate service in everyday schedule. Right, and we've been talking about that for the past hour, how important it is to figure out a way to help. And here's the bottom line on that, and I know that you know this, Josephine, but when you're serving others, what you're going to find out is they're really serving you. The feeling that you get back is I've won a lot of awards. I've done a lot of things. I've been to a lot of places, and there is absolutely nothing that feels as good to me as helping somebody else. Yeah, and uh, you're so right about that, Michelle. You gave me goosebumps just now. But the thing is, I like what you had mentioned earlier in the show, that it doesn't have to be something huge and grandiose. It could be just a simple, simple task. And, you know, one thing that I do, I do believe in Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts a lot. I feel like the, the kids get involved so much in all the sports. And, yes, that's important, too, and they have to do good in school. But in Scouts, it's just teaching children at a very young age that there are people in need. And you know what? By taking out one hour to stand in front of wall bombs to collect food from people so that we could fill the local food pantry is teaching our children such a lifelong lesson that I know as they get older, they'll always look upon that experience of how they serve their community. So it doesn't have to be huge. It could be just little, you know, helpful things that you're doing to help other people. Absolutely, and that's how it starts. Just start in one moment. Just do one thing. Volunteer at your children's school. Just like, you know, whatever. That It just takes one thing, and you'll see what I'm talking about. It's just the most incredible feeling. Yeah, you get back so much more than you give. Well, Michelle Cromer, thank you so much, the author of Where Am I Going? I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to be a part of paying it forward. You are a true example of somebody who pays it forward. And thanks so much for being a part of us. And thanks so much for having me, and best of luck to you. Okay, thanks, Michelle. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Have a great week, everyone, and we'll see you next week on Paying It Forward. Thank you for being a part of Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi on Toginet.com. This show is dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful. Each week we'll be discussing accomplishments, lessons learned,